0: Good morning. Have your Bibles with us this morning. Turn to Genesis. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 12. Genesis 15, 1 through 12. Word will be on the screen here before you. When you're ready to read, say amen. Wow, that little back feed there. Oh, man, I'm talking to myself. all right Genesis chapter 15 beginning in verse 1, scripture says, After this the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I have remained childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Elzra of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son, who is your own flesh and blood, will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky, and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possessions of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other the birds however he did not cut in half then birds of prey came down on the carcasses but Abram drove them away as the sun was setting Abram fell into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him the word of God for the people of God thanks be to God let us pray father God I thank you for the reading of your word I pray now, Father, that you'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses, that we'd be receptive to your word, that we'd take and apply it to our lives, that we may become better disciples of your son, Jesus. I pray now, Father, that you'd remove me from this, use me as your humble vessel, speaking your word through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. So Abram was concerned that he didn't have any children, and God said he was going to have many offspring, and he said, well... Obviously, it was a custom in this time that if you didn't have any offspring, your oldest servant in your household would be the heir to, to whatever your uh, inheritance was left behind. And so he said, Elzerah is going to, ex- he's going to be the only heir that I have. And the Lord said, no, I, I want you to understand you're going to have a child of your own flesh and blood, a son. He takes him outside and he says, I want you to count the stars in the sky if you can how many of you have ever tried to count the stars in the sky? Boy, it's, it's hard to do. It's impossible. Impossible. If you think you, it's possible, just get you a spoonful of sand and try to count how many grains is in that spoonful of sand. You will lose track. You will drop four or five trying to separate them, and you'll, you'll finally just give up and say, this is impossible. But the Lord said, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. He gave him this understanding that he was going to receive this blessing from God. Why do you think Abram was scared when when the Lord spoke to him? Well, the Lord had delivered all of his enemies into his hand and he was afraid that some of these kings that he had taken over were going to rise up against him. But the Lord told him in verse 1, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. What more reward could we receive? Anybody ever received a reward for doing something good or turning something in or anything like that? Anybody ever received a reward? No one? My goodness. You have? You say, what did you receive a reward for? Being a good boy, <laughs> <laughs> Joel said, being a good boy. He guessed. He guessed. <laughs> Yeah. You know, at work or in the military or... That's right. We do get little rewards if you've done things that, uh, that's above normal. Yeah. Above normal. Okay. So we've received some rewards. Maybe it was for good attendance or straight A's or or military accomplishments or whatever it may be. We receive rewards. But what is the reward for us as believers of Jesus Christ? Eternal life. Eternal life. That is our reward. Here, uh, Abram is hearing God tell him that he's going to have all these descendants, he's going to be blessed, and that this land he's going to give him is, is here before him. And Abram is still concerned about, well, how do I know for sure that you're going to do this? So the Lord had him to bring uh, all these different animals, had him to bring uh, a heifer, a goat, and a ram, and each three years old, and had him to bring a dove along with a pigeon, and to separate everything except for the birds into halves and lay them out before the Lord. And then as the, the birds began to come down and to prey upon them, uh, Abram ran them off. He kept keeping them run off, and of course it had to be tiring through the day, and so he became sleepy and a deep darkness came upon him. Skip on down to verse 17. Scripture says, When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said to your descendants, I give this land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. So he gave them all this land. And he set this covenant between him. And the flaming, smoking pot there was to represent the holiness of God. And then the flaming torch was to represent the zeal of, for righteousness and the judgment of all nations that God has. So, what are some good things that we do as Christians? We, we help others, we pray for people, we come to church. Um, We listen to good music, we do things like that, and we try to be a good person. But our our actions, the only thing that we have to do in order for us to be Christian. Earlier, Jane was was speaking about this. Uh, Johnny made the remark that he'd heard somewhere that if you were arrested for being a Christian and put on trial, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Boy, John, I don't know where you heard that at, but it makes you think. Would there be enough evidence to convict you? And Jane made this statement, which is ever so true. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and you are a Christian. Amen. Amen. So that's all it takes to have enough evidence to say that you are a Christian. Verse 6, it says, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Not that Abram had been sufficient in following and being obedient to what God wanted him to do. Not that. He wanted him to just have faith and believing in what he said he was going to do. See, we have this I complex. I did this. I did that. I accomplished this. I can do that. Or as Joshua used to say when he was little, me do it. Me do it. I can do absolutely nothing apart from God. But through God, I can do all things. So the same thing we have to say to ourselves, that with everything that's going on in our life, what is it that we are accomplishing is nothing on our own, but it's through Christ Jesus that we're able to accomplish the things, the goals that are set before us. So Abram fell into the deep sleep and he had his promise set before him and his understanding of what God's promise being fulfilled to him that he was going to do for it. We have promises in scripture that says who God is to us. That he's our deliverer, that he takes care of us, he's a provider, he's a healer. And we hear that, but we have to believe it in order for it to be true to us. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Verses 31 through 35. scripture says at that time some pharisees came to jesus and said to him leave this place and go somewhere else herod wants to kill you and he replied go tell that fox i will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and on the third day i will reach my goal in any case i must press on today and tomorrow and the next day For surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Jesus was speaking about this because all the prophets that went into Jerusalem had been crucified, had been tormented, had been persecuted and put to death and stoned to death. Jesus was making a reference to the fact that he knew that when he went to Jerusalem, they were going to try to kill. It wasn't that the Pharisees wanted Jesus to leave because of his safety, because of King Herod. They were trying to trap him so that they could kill him themselves. Jesus says, I, I, I don't care what he wants me to do. I'm going to be here today and tomorrow. And the third day I will have reached my goal. Verse 34, Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus says, All too long I've wanted to take you under my shadow of comfort and love and mercy and forgiveness. And you were not willing to allow that to happen. See, it's not good enough just to know that there is a God and they had a son and his name was Jesus. We have to believe that he went to the cross of Calvary to die for our sins. And we have to accept that. And we have to accept that God is willing to give us love and mercy and compassion And forgiveness if we're only willing to allow Him to come into our lives. He wants to do that. He's gracious to us and we believe in that as provenient grace. The grace before we accept Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. He's a gracious God. And He loves us and provides for us and gives us grace. Even when we don't deserve it, we don't ever deserve it but He loves us and lavishes it upon us. He says, look, even though you were not willing, because of your unwillingness, now your household is desolate. He says, but I'm telling you, there'll come a time when I'm going to be coming into your city and you'll be crying out and this will be the next time you see me. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. It's coming as we're preparing our hearts and our, our souls and, and our minds for Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. in this 40 days of Lent as we were moving forward to the cross, Jesus is foretelling what is about to unfold. Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three, verses 17 through. Chapter 4, verse 1. Paul speaking. How many of you have mentors or have had a mentor in your life? Someone that has led you in the right direction of how to do things, how things need to be done, showing you the right way. It may even show you the wrong way so you won't make that mistake in teaching you from it. I've asked Billy Joe before what was the secret to him and Jane's long marriage, and he said, just do what she says. (laughs) Just do what she says. But Billy Joe also said, it takes work. Every day it takes work. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is the same way. If it was as easy as just do what he says and we would be obedient and do that, it'd be great. But guess what? We are not that obedient. It takes work each and every day for us to continue on our journey with Jesus Christ. Amen. We are not perfect. There was only one man who was perfect, and that was Jesus Christ. Listen to what Paul says. Verse 17 Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Paul saying, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes in my life. But look at the examples that we have made. The Sunday school lesson earlier we came in on the end of it, least, said I want you to think about your life as a portrait, your journey. How would you portray your picture as a disciple of Jesus Christ in a portrait? How would it look? He was talking about the Mona Lisa, and I was thinking to myself, Lee, how could I portray that in a picture? How would I portray my life as I moved forward on my journey to Jesus Christ? I pictured it as being. A waterfall completely ravaging out of control. Tumbling thousands of feet off of a cliff to land in a pool that is smooth after I found Jesus. That's where I see it. That's where we have to look at who we're following. Paul saying, follow my example, but understand that my example is going to be this. I'm going to stumble and fall. But when I do, I pick myself up and I ask the Lord to forgive me. There's not a one sitting in the sanctuary this morning that's perfect. We're going on to perfection. We shall reach perfection when we draw that last breath and we're in the presence of God Almighty. But we're not there yet. Paul says, For as I have often told you before, verse 18, and now tell you again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enabled Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. He's transforming us day in and day out to be more and more like Christ. And those who... Worship and serve earthly things are already on the path of destruction. <clears throat> I gave a plug earlier, I'm gonna give it again. If you haven't went to a place in Sheffield called the Red Clay Table to Eat, Brenda and Joshua and I highly recommend it. We've been there two Saturdays in a row. Would have been would have been more than that if I could have got Brenda to go, but two Saturdays in a row. Great food. Great food, good place to eat. But it is not my stomach that I'm serving. So it's not my stomach that I'm serving. Okay? It's good food, but it's not everything. Being on this earth and the things that we acquire are good things, but it's not everything. My everything, my all in all, is Jesus Christ. And I hope and pray that that is your Everything is jesus christ paul goes on to say in chapter 4 verse 1 therefore my brothers and sisters you whom love and long you whom i love and long for my joy and crown stand firm in the lord in this way dear friends so it's two things that abram did he He was obedient to God. He did what God told him to do. He was moving in a direction. He was taking over the areas that God told him to move in and and dethrone kings and take that land. He was being obedient. But also, he had to be faithful. As it said in verse 6, he was faithful. And because of his faithfulness, God accredited him as righteousness. When the Lord tells you to move, You move. And when the Lord tells you to be still, you be still. For He says, just be still and know that I am God. Just be still and know that as we say, I've got this. I've got it handled. I'm in control. And if you don't think Jesus is in control, just think about Friday. It was 70 something degrees. And then Saturday, there was snow on the ground. Jesus and God are in control. Amen? Amen. When you're faced with a trial, a tribulation, or whatever it is that's going on in your life, something that you've got to deal with, listen to the Lord with clean and clear ears that if He tells you to move, for heaven's sakes, move. But if He tells you to be still and know that I am God, Be still and wait upon the Lord. Be faithful and allow Him to work in your life.